Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back into the last episode of the first season of Jake's Takes. This is episode 28. This is going to conclude the first season. And before I start, I'd like to thank everybody for all the support in season one. We are concluding with this episode here. We're going to do another NBA catch-up. In this one, I talk about the in-season tournament, the format, what it's going to look like for the NBA in the future. Then I move on talking about the Bradley Beal trade and the Kristaps Porzingis trade. I only had 20 minutes. I put the 20-minute timer on, and that's all I got to, really. I was just trying to get to as much NBA news as possible. But this one was a lot of fun. I just did it myself. I got big plans for you guys in Season 2, so be ready for Season 2. We're going to be probably back early August. My plan is August 2nd to be the release date for the next episode and starting season two. But this is going to be the last episode of season one. So please enjoy NBA catch up coming up next after I cue the music. All right, welcome back into the show, and we haven't done one of these in a while, but we're going to go back to some NBA catch-up. We're just going to do a little short episode today. I'm going to set the 20-minute timer and just talk about some NBA topics, so I'm going to start it right now, and let's get started. So the NBA yesterday, actually, because I'm recording this Sunday, July 9th. Yesterday, they announced the format for their in-season tournament, so I kind of want to go over it, talk about it a little bit. Um, It's going to be the first year of the in-season tournament, and it'll tip off on November 3rd of Friday, and it'll go all the way until December 9th, which is actually kind of crazy. Like, There's a lot of games in this. There's going to be group play at the beginning where all 30 teams will be randomly drawn into groups of five. And it's going to be kind of interesting. They'll play each of these teams, I believe it's two times. Yes, it looks like two times. And it'll end up like finishing with like a tournament night where one game against each opponent in his group with two games at home and two games on the road. So they play each other like total four times in this group, which leads into knockout rounds where... um. Eight teams will advance to this, and it's basically the teams that just get out of their group and um, do well in their group. And then it starts out being basically one game for um, who can make the second round, which is flat-out crazy. I mean, looking at this, it's crazy because it puts it kind of puts it in perspective for um, the NBA because it's just so different. It's such a different thing to put in the league, and... You know, going at looking at the NBA in the November and December times, people aren't really watching. It's it's just the truth. They're not watching the NBA. They're watching the NFL. The NFL is the thing. So having a tournament like this to get people excited for it is actually a good thing for the NBA, I think, because it can make people be like, oh, what's going on here, you know, and actually, like, be intrigued and watch it a little bit because – I mean, maybe like the best teams won't win this because this is this is it turns into one game elimination once you get out of group play. 
So, like, you could see a team like the Indiana Pacers just go crazy in this tournament because they're going to be a good team next year. But, you know, like, Rick Carlisle might be a better coach than this guy for one game, you know. One game, it's hard to make adjustments and the flow. Like, our whole playoff um, podcasting, we talked about all the adjustments that were made um, in each series. Like, you can't really make those adjustments. You can in group play, but once group play is over, it turns into knockouts, and really it's just one game. So, like, you know, it's we'll see, right? So it turns into knockouts, and um, then it leads to, let's see, I'm scrolling over. This is very new to me, so yeah, no, and it'll turn into knockouts, and the final four is going to be played in Vegas, so the knockouts are uh, hosted by the home team, and the final four will be in Vegas, and championship will be in Vegas, so it'll be really interesting to see, I think, Um, I mean, like, talking about it now, it seems kind of weird, and I'm not sure, like, people would love the aspect of it just looking at it from afar but I think when it's actually happening this could be something very interesting for the NBA and could attract a lot of viewers because like the NFL is going on but during the week nothing's going on so like why not tune into the um the NBA tournament like the in-season tournament like it I think it's a cool idea from Adam Silver but um yeah, so the prizing in the league honors, it's really just um, prize pool um, will be allocated to players on the on the teams that participate in the knockout rounds with allocations increasing depending on how far a team progresses. And, you know, it would probably be like um, more money for players uh, salary-wise. And also, um, I think this is just going to be very new and interesting to watch. And I think players will kind of care about it. Not really. But I'm really interested to see like the mediocre teams. Because I think this could be a way like to bring them back in. And be like you know like this for you. Like a Sacramento Kings type. You know this could be a great test for them. To do something good in the in-season tournament. So then they're ready for playoff play. You know. Um, I feel like the teams that you know have stars. That have done stuff in the NBA like. Um, a LeBron James, a Kawhi Leonard, those guys won't really take this as seriously, and you will see maybe some load management. But looking at it from like a perspective of like the Sacramento Kings, the Indiana Pacers, young teams that are looking to develop and looking to be contenders in the NBA playoffs in the future, this could be a very good stepping stone to get there, you know? And I think it is a really cool idea, and it makes the regular season a little bit more interesting. The only thing that might really hinder it is if we see, like, a big-time injury in this. And if that happens, like, that might be tough because, you know, like, people are just going to be like, oh, it's Adam Silver's fault, blah, 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 blah. Like, we shouldn't have done this tournament. But in reality, this is just trying to attract new fans, um, keep everybody interested in such a long season. And I think it's a really good idea, and I'm excited to see what happens here um, with this tournament. So moving on, I want to talk about some of the free agency um, just a little bit. We're going to have a free agency pod going into the next season, but that will be in the in the future, so not yet. But um, I want to talk about a couple free agency moves and a couple trades. We're going to start with the Bradley Beal trade. I actually recorded a podcast like 
I think it was two weeks ago, talking about the Bradley Beal trade and the Porzingis trade. But then I did it off the wrong Porzingis trade because the original Porzingis trade got uh, pushed back and declined. So I did it off that trade, and then it got declined, and then I didn't want to do it off the other one because I've been working and things are crazy. But let's talk about the Bradley Beal trade. So Beal is going to the Suns, and um, let me pull up details but Beal is going to the Suns and I think this is an excellent move for Phoenix and especially with some of the stuff um they did in free agency like their team is looking really good right now really good um so the Bradley Beal trade was Bradley Beal wow they're just not pulling it up are they that's okay that's okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Suns sent Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, multiple second-round picks and pick swaps to um, Washington for Bradley Beal. And I think if you're looking at it from Phoenix's perspective, like you're trying to get another star, you're trying to replace that Chris Paul type, and Beal is fantastic in doing that. Like Beal's another great scorer. You're going to have to rely a lot on Booker now to be a solid ball handler but I think Booker has really developed in the passing and I think Kevin Durant is going to really have to step up on the defensive end um I don't think they brought back Torrey Craig they did get Josh Okoge they did get uh Kate uh Bates Diop I don't know if I said that his name right but um he was forward at Ohio State very long forward very good um and they got a lot of a lot of minimum players as well. So looking at the Suns next year, I'm kind of in on them. I think they're a little deeper than normal. And, like, I think they're going to be really good. You know, it's tough. They still got Aiden. They still got Durant. They still got Beal. still got Booker. When you have those four, and those guys are pretty dominant, you still have campaign as well if you need a point guard to use. It's going to be tough to tough to deal with them like their offensive firepower on that team is just flat out incredible what remains to be seen is if that depth can really hold and they brought back Wainwright who we love on this podcast I talked about him a lot earlier how I loved him and that's why I was all in on Phoenix right away but um looking at them this year I do think they got a little better um it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough next year but um I do think people like overrated how good their depth was last year which is understandable but I also think people underrated what Phoenix did in this playoffs they brought Denver to six games and nobody else brought Denver to six games and yes it took heroic performances by Booker and Kevin Durant to do it but Booker and Kevin Durant are that good like they can do that they're that good Booker's turned into that guy Kevin Durant has turned into that guy so if you have both of those guys on your team and you add in a guy like Bradley Beal it's tough like they're easily to me the second favorites in the west by far and it's not even close it's them in Denver right now which is flat out makes sense you know and Denver lost some pieces they lost Bruce Brown and they lost uh Jeff Green you know so I don't know like we could see something um end up with that so let's talk about Chris Paul a little bit he went to the Wizards after this trade and then he got traded to 
Golden State in a Jordan Poole kind of swap deal. And this was very interesting to me. Um, I heard a lot of podcasts talking about it, and a lot of people didn't really love the fit in Golden State, which I kind of agree with, and I kind of don't at the same time. I do think Chris Paul is going to be able to fit in with this more because he does move off the ball. Okay, he plays so hard throughout the whole game. He'll play, do great playmaking, great offense, and he's always been the type of guy to really work his butt off on defense. So I think if you have Chris Paul as your sixth man, that is a great sixth man, and he's going to be a great leader in that locker room. Really give everybody, you know, the mindset. Okay, this is championship or bust. We got to get back here, you know. And if you're Golden State, like. You know, you were really good last year. You got past Sacramento barely, sneaking in with a seven-game win. And then you just came across a tough Lakers team and not a great matchup with you with just such a dominant big defensively, you know? So, um, and now a lot of people are ripping Golden State like, oh my gosh, if they saw the Lakers the year before, they wouldn't have made it, uh, they wouldn't have won a championship. It's like, no, this Golden State team is still flat out incredible. Steph is at a level right now that we've never seen. Klay Thompson, yes, he struggled a little bit in the in the playoffs, especially in that Lakers series near the end. But I was, I'm telling you, like he had some games in these playoffs where he was still flat out incredible, and I thought his defense was still okay. Like it's not the Klay Thompson that we've grown to love and stuff, but Klay Thompson flat out. I think incredible defender. You bring back Draymond Green. Draymond Green, another fantastic defender. I think he should have been the defensive player of the year. He was flat out incredible this year. But looking at, I mean, like looking at this Golden State team, like they'll be good again. I, they really will. And if they can just stay healthy, if Steph stays healthy, if Clay stays healthy, Dre, and then Wiggins, like Wiggins came, he barely came back for the playoffs. Like his first game back was pretty much the playoffs. So he didn't have really much time to get back into the swing of things. So looking at Golden State, I mean, they'll be good again. I really believe that. And getting rid of Jordan Poole, I think the Jordan Poole-Draymond thing, like picking Draymond over Jordan Poole, you have to do it. You know, you have to. Like Poole's just flat out, I mean, he was a locker room cancer. Like he kind of like... From what I was hearing, he would kind of like be on his own after the Draymond situation because, like, if you're the Warriors, you got to side with Draymond. Draymond's won you four championships now. Poole is around for one of them. So, I mean, looking at Golden State, I really think they're going to be good again this year. Um, I'm not expecting too big of things. I'm not expecting, like, them to get out of the West or anything crazy, but. I mean, they should be around that first, second round. Like, depends on the matchup they have. But I think Golden State will be very interesting, and I like the get of Chris Paul. Moving on to the Wizards side, getting Jordan Poole. This is great for the Wizards. I mean, Jordan Poole is going to be flat out an incredible shooter for you. You got rid of Porzingis, which I'll talk about in a second. But, um, like, Poole is going to have the time of his life in Washington. Him and Kuzma are going to be able to shoot the shots that they want to the whole time. And those are two guys that, like, love getting shots up. 
and these guys will be able to shoot as much as they want. Washington's not trying to be good, so they have no pressure on them. I think it will be very good for their development playing there, and we'll see what Washington wants to do in the future, but I do think they got some good assets out of Chris Paul. They got some good assets out of Bradley Beal, and now let's talk about Kristaps Porzingis, who they also made a trade for. Porzingis was part of a three-way deal, and Porzingis headed to... um, the Boston Celtics with, what's his name, Marcus Smart going to the Memphis Grizzlies. So this was like a three-way deal. Washington ended up getting Tyus Jones, a couple picks. I'm not going to pull up the um, the exact trade because I really just don't feel like it and I don't have too much time on my timer. But um, it was Tyus Jones, a couple picks. Kristaps Porzingis went to Boston with a couple picks from Memphis. It was like one or two first-round picks really far in the future. And then Memphis brought in Marcus Smart. So talking about it from these sides, if you're looking at it from Washington's side, Tyus Jones is a fantastic point guard, like fantastic. I think he's really going to flourish in Washington's system just because like now he's a starter. You know, he's never been that starter. We've always talked about him as probably the best backup point guard in the game. So now you bring him into Washington, and he's going to be able to do what he wants. He's going to be able to make passes. I mean, like, I think Kuzma and Jordan Poole are really going to thrive off playing with him. And looking at Washington, like, I'm not expecting much from them, but I think they might win a few more games than people think because I think Tyus Jones is that good. He is a very good point guard. Um, I think he's just going to be like the epitome of an average point guard in the NBA, which is what you want, you know, flat out. So I think what Washington got was very, very good in this trade. They got really some assets, and that switches me over to Porzingis moving to Boston. Um, I talked about it earlier um, with the trade that we thought was going to go through, but Porzingis to Boston, I still think is a good move for Boston. It really gives you a lot of versatility. Like you can throw out two bigs and now Porzingis can play outside. So then you got more lanes for people to open up. Another thing is like Porzingis really, he had a much better year than people realize. Like a lot of people just forget about um, Washington because like, you know, they weren't that good. It's just the truth. But Porzingis there probably had one of his most efficient seasons since he's been in New York. And when he was in New York, the guy was a flat-out athletic monster defending the rim, shooting the ball extremely well. He kind of lost a lot of that athleticism, really dealt with a lot of injuries in Dallas. And then moving to Washington these past two years, he's had some solid, he's had some solid games. Like, I think this guy is going to surprise some people and be very good. Um, I'm really hoping for some injury luck for him, but I think this is a good move for Boston and you get some first round picks out of it too. Like why not? Right. And then let's look at it from Memphis' side game, Marcus Smart. Um, I think if you're Boston, you needed to get rid of Marcus Smart. AJ and I talked about it on episode 23, how Boston just needed to do something different, you know, um, like what they had just wasn't working and from what I was hearing like Marcus Smart didn't see eye to eye with Missoula on a lot of things and it was hard because like Derek White was out playing Marcus Smart which I talked about in uh round two when they were playing the um Sixers I was like Derek White's the guy you gotta close with him you know um but yeah I thought Derek White was out playing Marcus Smart in the playoffs and then 
like Marcus Smart, it's just hard to bench that guy because he's such a vital asset for the team, you know? And looking at it, now he's going to Memphis. I think this is a great fresh start for him because this Memphis defense is going to be flat out fantastic if they start Smart at that too. Like Smart's going to be a great replacement for Dylan Brooks. I think Smart shoots it a little better. I think he'll really be active on defense, really be focused and really upset about this trade because he was the Boston Celtics when you think about it. He had so much riding on Boston and he was just like, he was their guy. He was there for 10 years, you know, like this is he was the longest tenured Celtics Celtic there and they had made so many conference finals had so much success they made an NBA finals like he should be um props for he should be given props for what he did in Boston like he really did some stuff and it wasn't just him he was on those teams but he was like a vital role in all those teams so if you're Marcus Smart in Boston like it's kind of like a stab in the back you know so this is a new start for him. I really think he can succeed in Memphis. Um, I do think Memphis gave up a lot, though. I really do. Um, Smart's a very good player, very good asset. But losing Tyus Jones with some picks, like, that's tough. Because I really think Tyus Jones is a very good backup point guard. He just controls the game so well. And, like, you saw it. When Memphis didn't have jaw. like, this team was fine. Tyus would just take that role, and they would actually win some games. In the um, in the Lakers series, like, jaw didn't play game two, and Tyus Jones could, took control of the game and won them the game in game two. Like, people forget that, you know? Um, I think Tyus Jones is going to be a much bigger loss than people think, and... Getting Marcus Smart, yes, it's a great piece, but I don't think Marcus Smart can replace both Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones. I think he can replace uh, Dylan Brooks just fine. I think he's going to be much better than Dylan Brooks. But losing that piece in Tyus Jones, I think is going to be absolutely killer. You know, So looking at Memphis, I do think they're going to be a good team, but I don't, I don't think they should have given up that much in that trade. All right, that is going to wrap up the episode for today. Thank you guys so much for a wonderful first season. This was a lot of fun. You know, um, I'm really appreciative of you all. So thank you so much for an awesome first season. And again, we will be back at you August 2nd, starting the new season, getting ready for everything that is to come. So be ready for August 2nd when we drop the first episode, which just so you're ready, we got Jeff Andrus on for the college athlete series. So be ready for that one. That is going to be out August 2nd. So be ready. I will see you guys then. Peace.